This is Advice for Life with Lynn, Season 1, Episode 10. Today's issue, how to get along with your ex. Valerie, what do you value about Kenny as your friend? Oh, wow. He, he's like Mr. Information. He's brilliant, okay? So we can both, like we started Feldenkrais at a similar time, but he read all the books on it, could answer all my questions on it. I love that about him. He also loves his family. And I, you know, I love that. And we just get, he's easy. He's just easy. He's an easy friend. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible. I love the word free. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Advice for Life with Lynn. Nearly every adult on this planet has an ex. An ex-husband, an ex-wife, an ex-friend, an ex-boss. Anybody who used to play an important role in your life or, you know, that no longer does. Now, this person could be completely out of your life or maybe still very much in your life. And most people, not everyone, but most, do not really get along with their ex. I mean, there's a reason. They're your ex, right? You might either despise them, don't talk to them anymore, or see them unwillingly with not such warm feelings. You know, that's considered normal behavior. When I told a friend that I was doing a podcast on how to get along with your ex, she said, do we have to? I thought that was such a great question. Now, I don't think we have to do anything, but I was inspired by the incredible relationship between two ex-spouses that you're going to meet in a minute. This couple is unlike any other couple I have ever met. And I thought, yeah, you guys, I thought, why can't we all get along with our ex? And what's the secret to not only getting along, but respecting each other? And maybe the most important question, how do we let go of past hurt, anger, and resentment with this ex and move on? Today we have a special show for you because for the first time we have two guests, ooh, double the fun, double the wisdom, who are going to share their relationship advice. We're going to talk to this couple about their now amazing relationship as exes. It wasn't always as amazing as it is now. And we're going to find out how they were able to step away from nastiness and step into the respect they have for each other and even friendship. And maybe teach us how we can do the same in our own relationships with all of our exes. Time for Lynn's Confessions. Okay, top three things that I have to confess to. Number one, I never hated my ex-husband and feel a little sad that we don't even talk because I was really a great wife. Maybe not so much so. (laughs) We're not married anymore. Number two, I have a few ex-friends that I have no ill will for, but you know what? I'm glad we broke up. And number three, I confess that I had two pieces of cake this week because I can't resist free, cheap, store-bought cake. Background check. The background on today's guests. Our first guest has been on the show before, Dr. Valerie Good. She was on episode two, How to Accept Your Mother. Great podcast. Go back and listen to it if you haven't already. But in this podcast, she's just Valerie Good, ex-wife of Kenny Good. Kenny Good is our second guest. He's Valerie's ex-husband. Val and Kenny were married for 20 years and have three fabulous children together. 
Val isn't sure when their marriage started to unravel, but she believes that the cause of the unraveling was something she calls growing pains. They never hated each other. They certainly argued. But Valerie says that she made a conscious effort not to be a victim, not to make her ex-husband the villain. I think that's key. We'll talk about that later. She also says this gave her an opportunity to be more authentic, and I would imagine it made being friends with each other a lot easier. Now, Kenny is a guy I happened to meet in group therapy a hundred years ago, and I was always amazed how he would talk about his ex-wife so fondly. I thought that was so weird. And even though he has a girlfriend, and I'm assuming he's had more than one, I don't know, we'll talk about that, Valerie's been there for him, and that they very much co-parent together still, even with three grown kids. She was even there for him when he needed surgery recently. Isn't that incredible? What a woman! Welcome, Valerie and Kenny. Thank Hello. <laughs> Kenny's like, what am I getting into? <laughs> you guys really are special. I don't know if you know that, but you really are incredible. Do you know other people like you? Yes. You do? Yes. Not many, but I do. I, I know other people, you know, they want to get along with their ex. I mean, I don't know what the big deal is. Well, the big deal is, well, we'll talk about that in a yeah. second. So, you guys were married for 20 years. What did you love best about each other? What did you love about Valerie, Kenny? Well, first of all, Valerie and I were very good friends. When I met her, she was with another guy who was a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. And they were together for a year while I was still galvanning about. And then, then we just started dating, but we started dating as friends. And we were good friends. We were really compatible intellectually and, and emotionally. Our families were similar. And so we had a lot of things that brought us together in that way and then we developed a romantic relationship but after the romance was over we were still friends and it took a little while to get that notion into my head that that we were still friends and so things happened to me along the way I met some woman um, Judy remember Judy and um, I went over to her house one night and um, Something was going on with the boys, and they were in jail, or I don't know what they Your were. Your kids? Yeah. Oh, and, wow. um, <laughs> For real? They were in jail? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, something they, dramatic. They'd gotten some, into trouble. Somebody had gotten into okay. trouble. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were constantly into some kind of something. When they were kids, when they were little kids. So, um, uh, I said, Judy, I said, I'm going to talk to you about this, and I'll talk to you about that. And she says, uh, she says I don't want to hear about your kids. She says, go talk to your ex-wife about your kids. She says, if you're not here for me, you're out of here. Huh, so, interesting. Mm, I go, okay. But I realized that, that there was going to be nobody that, that loved my children the way Valerie did. And that if I was going to have a successful relationship with them, I needed to have one with her as well. Rather than being distant and rather than being angry. Then I, the anger thing, you know, I realized that if you have the need inside of you for anger, then you can find it anywhere that you want, which also means that you can let go of it anytime you want. So I said to Valerie, I said, I don't have to be angry at you for anything in the past. If we hang around long enough together, I'll find something new to be pissed off at you about. <laughs> That's so true. And so I, I kind of took that point of view, you know, and so at first it was for the kids, but then we were friends. We were always friends and... Then you move on in your life, you know. I went through half a dozen different women and different things and different relationships. And 
you know, you, that part of your life, it just changed for me. And so as a friend, Valerie was one of my constants in my life. So, Before Judy, were you angry at Valerie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what were you pissed off about? After Judy, I was angry at her. <laughs> what, what were some of the things that you were angry about? Well, it, it, I oh, felt God. like I was working my ass off. Okay. And Valerie was just spending money. And I tried to get us on a budget, and she laughed at me. I was pissed off about that. <laughs> yeah, Valerie and I had a lot to say. And we went to some fa- uh, uh, therapy, marital counseling. And from Terry, you know who he is, right? I never met him, but I've heard about the famous Terry. He's famous Terry. And Terry, after the first session, he said, look, he said, we're going to have to do double sessions. And he said, and I'm going to have to film this. He says, because this is unbelievable. And I need to have this for my archives because... So we had about four or five more sessions like that. And they were just marathons. And Valerie and I just went at each other. Do you remember that, Valerie? I do. I I remember remember him making us listen to each other (laughs) because we would vent and not listen to each other. So he would make one stop and the other one had to listen. It was okay. It wasn't very successful um, because I I think, I mean, I look at myself and say that I wasn't ready to grow up. I was angry a lot during my marriage because I wasn't doing what I thought I should be doing. But I didn't know that then. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Kenny was doing what he wasn't. So he was, you know, I, he wasn't doing what I wanted him to. What did you want him to do? I'm not really sure. Coming from a very dysfunctional family, I had an image in my my head of what marriage was supposed to be, but that image was a little flawed from the very beginning. So Kenny really could not live up to that image. And and besides, it was stagnant. It didn't include any kind of growth on either one of us, our parts. I knew nothing about money. And he's right. I mean, I was brought up with the thought that he was going to work and support me and I could do whatever I wanted to do. And But that didn't make me happy either. And so it was me that was not happy. But not with Kenny. I think Kenny was doing what he was supposed to do. And that was not making him happy. And so we have two unhappy people in a marriage playing somebody else's game. And the reason why we got divorced is because we couldn't grow up together. You want to hear something? Yes. Uh, Ungrown un- un- up? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I worked for a big New York construction company at the time up in uh, Hollywood. And we lived in Pinecrest, a long drive. And Valerie was going to school, and she was all over the place. And so I hated coming home before she got home. I hated that. Why? Just because I wanted to stay out later than she was. Just, And I had nothing to do. So I would go park at the end of the block, and I would wait for her to come down the street, pull in the driveway, and then I would come home five minutes later. Because it made you feel like, what, important or well, that you had something a, to do? this is a, emblematic of the immaturity. You know, I got, I was, you know, I got home later than you. You know, I was out running around more than you were running around. Kenny was always ahead of me. I, everything I ever learned was through Kenny. I was a little kid when I got married. Yes, you know, funny. I was 22 years old when we, we started. And... You know, I didn't know anything. And Kenny had already been married. He was a man of the world at 26. Right, right. But when it was very difficult when I started to grow and didn't need him quite as much, even though I still needed him, it was in a different way. And I think that that was hard. 
I mean, it was hard for me even to let go of what I, I knew. Do you think that's true, Kenny? Yeah, I think so. I think it's probably true. Okay, so you've been divorced or broken up for nearly 25 years. That's a long time. But what was your relationship like when you first divorced? I'd say I was in survivor mode. You know, it was like I was, forget the anger. There's no time for anger. I'm trying to deal with kids and houses and and what am I going to do? I knew nothing. I was like a little kid. You know, at 40 years old, I was a little kid. (laughs) And I knew nothing. And so I had to learn how to buy a car. I had to had to do all that. Kenny took care of all of that when we were married. And now he was not taking care well, of it. I knew how to write checks. I knew how to write checks. <laughs> so you right. had to learn how to get yourself on a budget, buy a car, take care of your kids by yourself, you three of yeah. them. Yes, yes. And so I was on, you know, like, there was no time for anger. Anger would have interrupted that whole process, you know. So she's in survival mode. What, 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 where were you? It was similar. Okay. But for different things. Tell me about that. Well, I, I was, um, let me try to, let me see. We Business. got divorced after after New York, right? Yes. Oh, after yeah. New York. It was when you first opened up. Right. So I was trying to survive business-wise. Trying to make and money. Was, yeah. And yeah. that was very hard. And I, I was, I went into a new business right in the middle, beginning of a recession, a real estate recession. It was really awful. Didn't make it. And so that's what I was involved with when we first got divorced, trying to survive and have enough money. I mean, I had no money. I was, just, I was so broke, had no money. It was really... So that's what I was... We basically know. had torn down everything that both of us ever knew and were taught from our families. Everything was broken down. And we just had to survive. So, yes, in the beginning I was mad at Kenny. You're not the person that I thought you were. And all of that nonsense that goes on. But... It was really that I wasn't living the kind of life that I thought I should live or that I had been taught to live. It was not my idea in the first place. What wasn't your idea? To live the way we were living. I mean, I had no idea. It was not brought up that way. I was just brought up to believe that the husband did everything. You know, worked and I took care of the kids, which we had. We did that pretty well. But when it came down to money, I had no idea other than how to spend it. And, yeah, Kenny's right. Towards the end, he's trying to talk to me about budget. So I'm going, what do you mean budget? I'm not going to budget. You know, but I was, it's like a, a teenager telling a teenager that. So you own that you were um, irresponsible, I guess, financially, didn't have the tools to even get to your own yes. emotions. And, Kenny, you own that you, were, you had a level of immaturity as well. What happened to me was that after, after I left the house... All of a sudden, my kids were gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, even though I moved out, th- that was the weirdest, oddest part of, for me for breaking up. And I, I came to realize that if I was going to have a relationship with my kids, that I needed to have a separate one of my own, no matter what Valerie did. And then when I started working on that, I realized how entrenched Valerie was in their lives and I wasn't and that that pissed me off that well, was, you were mad at yourself or you were mad at yeah, her I was just mad the at myself the situation situation so uh, I spent some time in therapy and I worked on fixing that and I think along the way it, it, it occurred to me that I needed to 
be uh, okay with Valerie. Yeah, to make say, all that work. You did know? you blame her? Like I would imagine, mm-hmm. naturally in the beginning, mm-hmm. you might yes. blame her. The kids are entrenched. She's got her claws in them, and I have nothing. Did you ever go there, or yeah, were you like sure? Mm-hmm. I thought about it. I did. I thought about it, but not exactly like that. Not like she had her claws in them, but they were. You know, they definitely were in her sphere of influence, not mine. Now, let's see, Eric was 16, I think, and Scott was 11, and yeah. Jenna was six. six or seven. They were, you know, spread out. And <clears throat> so how did after, you- after we split up, Eric, my oldest, never came to visit me where I lived in my house. He never he came. He didn't? Not Scott he, and Jenna did because we, we, we made them, but we, Eric never did. It took me until let's see what's today uh, Saturday. It took, me, <laughs> it took me until yesterday to work on my relationship with Eric. Okay, so you had to work a little harder yeah. with the older one. Well, I still have to work harder with okay. him, still, and it's been. He was a little kid. He's forty years old now. <laughs> you guys that were arguing before you left. Okay. Yeah, yeah but it took it on a different. You know, when 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 we were present together, it became different. You know, the arguing. But when you weren't there, it it was not. It was it was really awful. It was really awful. So I I knew I knew in some way that I needed to have uh, some kind of relationship with Valerie if I was going to have any kind of successful relationship with my kids. Even though, even though I desired to be have my own separate relationship, I knew that I could never do that. Exactly. You kind of answered what I was going to ask you. How did you turn from blame? The kids are so entrenched, Valerie's so entrenched with them, or vice versa. How did you, how did you get away from blaming your ex-wife to creating your own relationship with your kids? Well, if you blame, you know, I wish there was a nice little catchphrase for that. But when you get caught up in that, it's hard to move forward or change. You know, you're you're, you're pointing out there all this stuff. You know, what's going on out there, and you're not really looking at the three pointing at you, you know. One finger pointing at you, right. three pointing back at me, yeah. yeah. Why get divorced if you're just going to stay angry? It doesn't make any sense. Stay married and just keep fighting. I mean, you would hope that things get better after you get divorced. That's a great point. <laughs> right? That's a great point. <laughs> So if you love listening to this podcast, and I know you do, you're probably somebody who's on the go. So you should also consider audible.com. I personally love Heal Your Body by Louise L. Hay. I love this book. It's incredible. Like if you have a headache, you can go to the book and see what might be the cause of it, you know, the thought that might be causing it and how to change your thoughts. So you can download Heal Your Body right now or another audiobook for free by trying Audible now when you go to AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible. Again, that's AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible and get your free audiobook from Louise Hay. Okay, so there was something that that shifted in you, Kenny, that you realized you had to have a relationship with Valerie, the mother of your kids, so you could have a good relationship with your kids. Because That was, that was a big shift for me. The real that realization, understanding that that's the way it was. You know? So, and I wanted to be influential in their lives. We're guys, you know. We wink at each other. You know? I, I wanted. I, I wanted to have a successful relationship with my kids, and I. And it's maybe at one point I saw Valerie standing in the way of that, but then I got past that idea that I needed to have a relationship with her if my relationship with my kids was going to be successful. 
that I was going to be able to function like a father. But the funny part of it, it it makes a lot of sense. But from my perspective, you were functioning as a father Hmm. the whole time. But we were both repeating what we learned in childhood. My father was totally uninvolved, and I don't believe your father was that much more involved. Not really. And so it was our mothers that were running the show. And so, you know, I was running the show. I would have liked some time, you know. But I thought, this is my job. This is what I do. And just how it came out. But you changed that, Kenny. You changed that when you stopped blaming. And you became involved, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But Kenny was involved. I just don't think he realized no, but it. But I had to feel... I had to feel... You didn't feel it. I had to feel a certain right. way. Yeah. I sat there with Terry, and he said, um, Do you feel angry? And I would look at him. Do you feel sad? Do you feel glad? Do you feel ecstatic? Yeah. Do you feel... And he would go through... a 20 emotions and I was just like oh, oh I feel that one I didn't feel that one <laughs> okay, you had to figure out what you were feeling so I had to figure out what I was feeling okay. right. that and makes that, sense that was a journey still working on that still working on that understanding how I feel about things I don't know. well how do you feel about your relationship with each other now? now? Mm-hmm. do you feel well, sad? do you feel glad? No, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you in touch with your feelings now? Sure, okay. I think so. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I feel. Um, I feel good about my relationship with Val. I feel comfortable with Val. I feel like she's got my back when I need that. When I need that. That's pretty amazing because, as I said in the intro, like Valerie, you were there for Kenny recently when he had surgery. Two times. I mean. Who does that? That's amazing. So tell me about that. Like, you heard he had surgery. Help us understand that relationship. It's one of those things that's just choiceless. I I could not be there. That wouldn't make any sense to me. Kenny and I have a relationship. You know, he is not only the father of my children, he's my friend. But he's a very close friend. I mean, how many people do you travel through life with that you've been with for as long as we've been together? Mm-hmm. 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 Almost 50 years. Really? Mm-hmm. You just don't walk away from that. I don't understand how people walk away from a relationship that you have like that. You manage to work it out. You just don't, you know, we're not disposable people. And, and so I think it's really important for your own soul to stay connected on some level. To your higher self, not to your lower self. That's easy. <laughs> and so, Valerie, but I th- you were going to say something. I was going to say, I, I met a woman, not Judy, somebody else, right after we broke up, right after I moved out. And um, and I was angry at you, and I was still, you know, you know and <laughs> I, I, I went to her house, and I picked her up. We were going out to eat, and she got in the car. And I just started, you know, Valerie. Yeah, oh, that's attractive, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Nice yeah. day. <laughs> I get to the restaurant, this woman's looking at me, and I went, I, nobody had to say anything. I went, oh, you can't, you can't do that. You, you. I was going to ask you, how do your girlfriends and boyfriends or mates handle each other? Well, you, you saw the light and saw, eventually it stopped bitching about your ex. It's so unattractive. Well, it makes me much more acceptable. 
Okay, so, but, but well, but I mean, how do how does a girlfriend handle? Hey, I'm really good friends with my ex-wife. How does a boyfriend or a man you're dating handle? Have you ever run into any issues no, where, of jealousy I, or insecurity? I wouldn't date somebody who had an issue because that wouldn't be the kind of guy I would like anyway. You know, Kenny's my family, and if they can't accept that, well, that's okay. But I'm not going to date them. It doesn't make any sense to me in my, in my world. You feel the same way, Kenny? Pretty much. My, uh, my pal, Plea, um, she, I mean, she's cool with Valerie and I, and always has Your pal, been. come on, Kenny. Is that what you're going to call her? Hey, <laughs> I mean, if I'm Plea, why How much know? do you share with Plea? <laughs> well, what do you mean? About our friendship. Well, she knows we're friends. Okay. You know, she knows what she's, you know. She knows anything she wants to know, anything she wants to ask me. Oh, so you don't divulge to her and say, Valerie came and brought me soup when I had a hip replacement? or? Oh, no, I no, I told her about that because I wanted her to come. Oh, and yeah. she had some wine tasting to go to or something. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I hope the wine was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So, so she couldn't, she wouldn't and couldn't, it was, you know, it was a rocky time for us, and then... Um, I can understand that. Yeah, They're insecure, and I can understand your point, too. Um, Kenny, what is your advice to men breaking up with their partner? If, if I had a friend going through that now, the first thing I would tell him is get out of that house, go find your own house, and go where you can be, have your own space and your own head, and not have to have whatever was going on going on for you, so you can get some breathing room to figure out where you are and who you are. That's what I would tell some guy. Don't, don't wait, don't linger, don't try to make things better, just get out of there as quickly as you can. That's what I would tell somebody. And what about, I think you also have some good wisdom about blame. What would you tell a man about blame? Hate the ex. Ugh, she's such a bitch. Oh. Don't tell that to a woman. You never get laid, ever. <laughs> okay. okay, keep your keep your complaints to yourself, otherwise you won't get laid. It's All not right, going to, it's not going to, I mean... You're so funny. I'm trying to make it like a little yeah. funny, but I mean, that's... No, it's true. It's very unattractive complaining about your ex. Yeah, it's sex. the most unattractive. And I mean, I was... I figured it out on my own, and then I was told also by some women. All I, right. I have a lot of street cred with them. Well, Valerie knows all of my friends, all of my friends, really well. And we, we have similar friends, similar circles. So that makes things a little bit easier. Because I'll take Valerie out to dinner, and we'll go meet four or five couples, friends of mine. Did they say that's weird? Did they, in the beginning, were they like, oh, no, they all, you guys are divorced? They all, they love no, Valerie. They no, like, they all have that in their lives also. Oh, okay. And they like so Valerie they are better similar. than me. Oh, okay. yeah, they like helps. Valerie better than me, for the <laughs> most part. It's okay. I don't are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. So, <laughs> but I also think you had a great piece of advice about blame. What, will you, what would you tell men concerning blame? <clears throat> That if you you have to look at yourself, you can't you can't blame is a dead end. It's a dead end street. It really truly is. You get nowhere. 
if you have any desire to grow and change and have new relationships and be okay with your kids and keep your life together, you can't have those kinds of can't have those kinds of feelings going on. That's why we go to group to group therapy. Yeah, yeah. That's why we do that. So we can point at each other and say, "Own your crap." Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's helpful. It is. I agree. Valerie, what is your advice to women breaking up with their partner? Don't expect for your husband to continue being your husband when you get separated. What does that mean? That means that don't expect him to put you first. You know, that he is going to have to put himself first. Whereas maybe in the family, you know, he was very good with things, certain things. He's not going to do those things when he leaves. He's got to be concerned about himself as the woman does. And the woman should be planning on what she's going to do before they split up. Plan your exit or your... Yes, don't do this impulsively. There's no need to be impulsive about separating a family. And in fact, in many cases, the family doesn't need to separate. A little maturity goes a long way. But you're talking about your experience as a therapist and... Well, no, no. I'm talking about that I was very immature when I was married and had we had, I really, I'll blame myself for this. Had I been a little bit more mature, I should have sat down with you and gone, gone over the books and, and understood the finances. I had no idea, no idea what you were going through and the stress you were going through. I just thought you were like, okay, you know, I'm going to work, I'm doing this. And you did it really well. And so I had no idea. And now I am a provider you know, for many years at this point, and I've learned so much. Had I known what I know now, we could have stayed married, I think, to some degree. That's validation, Yeah, Yeah, I felt that. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so, but you also had another pearl of wisdom yourself, Valerie, in terms of how your advice to women on on, on breaking up with their partner in terms of not playing a victim. Ah, okay, so... I had two choices when, when we got divorced. One, I could be a victim, go to court, spend a lot of money on lawyers, spend money I didn't have, but of course I didn't know about that then. Um, or I could empower myself and decide what I needed to do and go do it. And that was what I decided to do, was empower myself. And I moved out of the big fancy house in Pinecrest and I got a, a place I could afford in Sable Chase and you know, set it up for the kids and it worked it worked just fine and I learned to live on the money I was making and you know it were all worked out fine so it sounds like the two of you had uh, each an important shift Valerie didn't see herself as a victim you became empowered and Kenny you didn't blame anymore took took responsibility for your own relationship with your kids therefore it sounds like that's why you guys get along yes I think that you also have to make a decision, though, to get along. Mm-hmm. I, I, you can't throw out somebody who gave, you know, who helped you give birth to three babies. If you have a child, any couple who has a child, you don't just throw that person away. And and even if you get divorced, you have to maintain a relationship. How can you look at yourself in the mirror? So your advice to people that who've had a toxic relationship or let's say abusive relationship. How can it's they? Different. Okay. No, if you've had an abusive relationship, that's a whole different story. That's a different But story. for the most part, people have not been abused in the relationship, okay? That's not why they're getting divorced. They're getting divorced because 
You know, they're upset, they're mad, they're, you know, he, she doesn't do this, he, she doesn't do that. That's, you know, okay, get divorced, but you don't need to hate each other. You, you know, why throw out your whole history with somebody? It doesn't make any sense. And more than that, why carry in this suitcase we all have nah. blame, anger, resentment? If you're going to blame somebody, blame yourself. Look at, look at your part in the relationship. Um, not that it's a bad thing. We all go through stuff. We all have growing pains. But you have to look at your part in it and stop looking at everybody else's part in it. Oh, his mother, her mother, you know, did this. And it doesn't matter. What matters is what you're going to do next. If we had done this 10 years ago, I was just thinking that my answers would be different. Yeah? Um, yeah, because uh, your life changes, you know. You, you know, I, I know that I've changed a lot. So 10 years ago, you would have said what? Can't stand Valerie. She's no, 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 no. We were, go, we were oh. okay then. But my, I just oh. think that my responses would have been different. You know, I would have been... Um, no, things are different. You know, I'm going to be uh, 70. But it's a, it's a weird mm -hmm. thing to think about. As you age, you know, you change. You know, your life changes. You 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 grow. You know, you have different feelings. I'm so thankful that I was able to maintain a close relationship with my kids, and and Valerie at the same time to be able to share that. In Jewish, they call it kvel. You know, we kvel over our kids. <laughs> we feel joy over our children together. Nobody else does. It's true. Nobody cares about your kids more than you two. No. Yeah. And never and, will. But I don't care how old you are, whether you're 70 or 20 or 30, I think people listening can take something from oh, yeah. a couple who sure. are getting along and respect each yeah. other. But why not? Why not? You don't want to carry that anger around with you. It's, it's just not worth it. It's, it's, I think the most, the biggest, um, it's poisonous to your children. Yeah. So if you really love your children, you have to understand the poison you're sharing with them if you have bad things to say about your spouse. Even if you don't say them and you're thinking and them, you're that thinking energy them. comes out of your pores. That's right. That's right. And your children deserve, you brought these children onto the earth. They deserve to have two parents that love them and love each other, that part of each other that gave birth to them. And even if you don't have kids, it's toxic. Same thing. It's, it's just toxic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have friends. Mm -hmm. Why do your friends need to have separate parties for you or go to separate parties or they can't be together? It doesn't make any sense. It's not worth it. So how hard did you work on yourselves right after your divorce? I worked really hard because like I had to change everything. I didn't know anything. I had to change a lot of aspects about myself. 100% you worked on it? Or yeah. 90? 100%. Okay. 100%. Um, as I was doing everything, parenting, it didn't matter, work, everything changed for me. And Kenny, how hard did I you work on letting still go? still working. Mm. 100%. Yeah, sure. And, and when I don't, things get muddy, funky. You know, you get, you know, you... you <clears throat> You, you, you get your feelings can get um, a lot of this Feldenkrais work you asked me about a lot of it is teaching your nervous system alternatives and this is no different you know you're giving your nervous system an alternative to being angry and you're giving your nervous system an alternative to being upset and so <clears throat> I seek those alternatives 
all the time. So you're consciously still 25 years working on yourself, it sounds like. Yeah, longer than 25 years. Okay, so advice to those listening, don't just work on yourself 5%, 10% after a breakup, like really give it all. I, I feel like I'm a work in progress. <laughs> I don't think until I take my last breath am I going to stop working on who I am, being more authentic, whatever it is that I need to look at. The funny thing is that, that Kenny and I, we were working with Marilyn, the same therapist, you know, differently. I mean, at different times, individually. I was working in, a, in one group, he was working in another. So in some ways, Marilyn did some fabulous divorce therapy with us. <laughs> and you guys worked on that separately and together? Yeah. Well, we worked on it separately. separately. We weren't mm -hmm. working on it together at all. I see. And I just feel that Marilyn, though, was working with both of us, and that was really helpful. Valerie, what do you value about Kenny as your friend? Oh, wow. He, he's like Mr. Information. He's brilliant, okay? So we can both, like, we started Feldenkrais at a similar time, but he read all the books on it, could answer all my questions on it. I love that about him. He also loves his family. And I, you know, I love that. And we just get, he's easy. He's just easy. He's an easy friend. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Kenny, what do you love about Valerie in terms of a friendship? Well, I know that she's got my back. I appreciate that. I respect that. That's hard to do. It's hard to show up for somebody. So when somebody shows up for you, it's an eye-opener for me. It's something that's just really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that regardless, uh, Valerie's got my back. You know. So to review, what is your best advice for life on how to get along with your ex, Valerie? Put it behind you. It's already happened, been there, done that. Don't do it again. Kenny? I wanted to digress just a second. Okay. You know, if you, if you come from an abusive relationship, I think that all of this is off the table. I do too. Yeah. I think that when, when, when that is a factor, I don't know if you can ever go backwards. The Unless somebody has some real extensive, deep, deep therapy. I don't know. So I wouldn't say it's for everybody. Good you know, point. I'm sure that there's plenty of women that shouldn't be anywhere near their husbands, ex-husbands, mm -hmm. at, all, at all. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, you know, Kenny and I have grown. This is the reason we can get along. If neither one of us had done anything to grow, this wouldn't be happening right now. We'd still be stuck, you know, 25 years ago. And that happens So the, gro the growth is what is so, so important. Whether you're together or whether you're apart, you both need to grow in the relationship. It's not a stagnant picture. And if one is willing yeah. to grow and the other isn't... Well, that's a problem. Then you probably don't spend, you. You don't spend that much time together. That's what ends up happening. But when you both grow in a relationship, the relationship grows, whether you're together or whether you're apart. It doesn't matter. Okay, so I took some notes because I need help. Okay. So uh, in review my way, uh, best advice for life on how to go along with your ex. A uh, couple of things from Valerie said, well, Kenny said, get your own space, guys. Figure out who you are. Number two, 
Um, keep your complaints about your ex to yourself. <laughs> Great tip if you're going on a date. And the third piece of advice Kenny has for men, look at yourself. Blame is a dead end. Valerie says her three tidbits of advice for women breaking up with their ex. Don't expect your husband or your ex to keep putting you first. Like, learn how to live your own life. Number two, plan your split ahead of time. Don't be impulsive. I think that's super helpful because whenever we act through emotion, it's always a disaster. And number three, don't be a victim. Don't blame. Take responsibility. Own your stuff. If you want to get in contact with either Valerie Good or Kenny Good, you can reach Valerie at Dr. Valerie Good. That's G-O-O-D-E at Yahoo.com. Or you can also reach, or and or, Kenny, at kgood, G-O-O-D-E, 1213-1213 at hotmail.com. They have a plethora of information to help you get through your own issues. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on adviceforlifewithlynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life followers. So reach out if you have something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think, so tell me how I'm doing. The links are on the show notes and on the website. We want to help as many people as we can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes, and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.